0: The Florida Gators are trying to be active in the 2025 recruiting class, including trying to flip someone from their rival, Florida State. We're going to talk about that here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts and on YouTube. Happy Thursday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work. With Giants Country NFL 33. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. And right now, new customers join today and you'll get $150 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. Just a reminder that tomorrow's episode of Locked On Gators is going to be a mailbag episode with the subtext group or for the subtext group from the subtext group. So if you want to be a part of that and send in some questions, go to join subtext.com slash locked on Gators. It's two weeks free, five bucks a month after that. No commitment or anything, but you get bonus content. And you get to contribute to additional episodes. Joining me now for Locked On Gators is Brian Smith, Locked On's recruiting insider. And before we talk about some 2025 kids, LinkedIn is the college recruiting sponsor across the Locked On podcast network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right qualified candidates that you want to talk to. Faster, post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Locked College. Terms and conditions apply. And Brian, you're wearing, you're wearing a trench shirt. We're going to start with the trenches here. Uh, I did want to start with Solomon Thomas, who is currently committed to Florida state. He went to Florida a few weeks ago on a visit there for one of the junior days. And he said that he's planning on taking another visit to the spring before we talk about the recruitment itself. How do you feel about Solomon just as a player at the next level?
1: He's a, he's a potential five-star offensive lineman. He's on that border right now for all the services. And I've seen him since his sophomore year. And when I first Met him. They told me he was a sophomore. I thought the coach was lying to me because he was that big and that strong already. I'm like, oh, really? Got two more years of this guy, huh? And now he's as good an offensive lineman as there is in the South. I think he's capable of playing guard or tackle, but he's the rarest of the rare here, Brandon. He wants to play inside because there's more war daddies in there. And like the whole idea of just angry men mashing each other makes him excited. I talked to him about it after Under Armour. He's like, yeah, this is where you need to bench 500 pounds and you need to be ready on every play and all that. I'm like, wow, this is this is my guy. This is my kind of attitude. I like this. Everybody wants to, everybody says they're a tackle, even if they're six two and a half with short arms. Okay. That's what every kid thinks they are. Solomon 6'4, 315, built like a house, wants to be the mauler on the inside. Great attitude. He's pretty darn good in pass protection, like that video I sent you before this. Yeah, that poor kid's, yeah, his mom's gonna see that on the internet. It's unfortunate. But at the same time, he's a he's a pretty pretty good kid that, that just wants to play. Doesn't really care which spot. Team players that have elite talent also cannot have enough of those. So as a player, he's what you're looking for. And that's why he has offers from pretty much every program in the country.
0: Yeah. And you said you you've known him since sophomore year and now obviously going into senior year. What do you think's been the biggest progression for him? Is it just the the, the expected, you know? He he grew up. He was 15 when I met him, and and now he's uh now he's he's, he's a man. I don't care how young he is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so is. Is it more the physical change, or is he is he technically sound at this point?
1: Physically, he was probably there by the end of his freshman year, from what they told me. He was the kid that walked in here and like, who's that? So he he developed early. It's the pass protection. He used to be predominantly a run block guy and all that. And they had him at guard. They moved him to left tackle last year. A certain edge guy that Florida happened to get on signing day this past year is who I saw him play against in the game. He actually got the better of it. They had Solomon at left tackle, you know, high school, and he was really good at it. Now he still wants to play inside, but if you can kick step against elite players, then we're we're in good shape. I don't think he could have done that the year before. He's developed a lot on his technique. He doesn't get too grabby. He doesn't like get out over his toes he waits for the guy to come towards him. And then when he puts a hand into your chest, that's about all she wrote. So a uh, balanced kid as a run blocker and pass blocker, but pass protections come the farthest.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I saw the video that you, that you said yeah, <laughs> when he makes initial contact. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it's basically a wrap there, but Solomon currently committed to Florida state. He's publicly said that he's a big fan of Alex Atkins, Florida state's OC slash offensive line coach. What does Florida have to do to flip Solomon Thomas from their rivals?
1: I think to show that they're actually going to be good. They got to prove it. And they have to do that through spring ball. He needs to see some of that. And it's about culture. He wanted to meet with different kids, different players on his visits to Florida, Florida State, et cetera. Why I should fit in here over this school, et cetera. He's looking at it from a business perspective. What fits me? There isn't just one box fits all. I want to know what fits me. He was pretty intelligent in how he kind of thought it out and how he was talking with us after Under Armour the other day. I was impressed. He's looked at this the right way and not just basing his decision on emotion or basing his decision on what somebody else told him. He's taking the data from visits, accumulating them and then making a broad decision. It's, It's pretty it's pretty
0: cool. Yeah, Solomon uh, Thomas did his interview, or at least I was reading it through on three at uh, at Under Armour. And he was talking about how he's committed to Florida State, but he doesn't want to burn any bridges. So he's keeping his options yep. open because a coach that you deny now could be the reason you do or don't get into the NFL. That seems like a wildly mature approach. for <laughs> <guys> <laughs> That seems insane to me. Especially
1: for a kid from the state of Florida, okay, which they're usually not that way. Solomon's just looking at it from the right perspective. And again, good for him. He he gets it. Billy and his staff will have plenty of chances. Solomon is not trying to lay out the carpet for just five schools. If you call him, there's a pretty good chance he's going to communicate with him. You just got to prove that you deserve a visit. How you do that exactly, I don't know. Part of it's just feel in the first phone call matters and all that kind of stuff, but you know, Georgia, Miami, and everybody else are still going to recruit the kid. But I think Florida, Florida State are probably right there. Maybe it's, you know, he's Jacksonville. Those two schools have always recruited that city the best. And we, we haven't had enough Florida, Florida State recruiting battles in my, for my liking in the last five, 10 years. Maybe this will be one.
0: Yeah, seeing a lot of Florida, Miami lately, Florida State, and Miami going at it and not really, I don't know what it is, but Florida and Florida State haven't gone at it too much. But according to Solomon Thomas, I, I think it's, safe to say they were mostly down to a final four for him just based on what he said in in interviews where he plans to visit Florida, Florida State, LSU, Miami. Like I said, currently committed to Florida State. Is he the kind of kid that you do think? Obviously, we know Florida kids historically, they tend to flip quite a bit. They tend to be rather fickle with their commitments. Then you've got a kid who right now seems like he's taking a very professional approach to these things with, I'm not going to burn bridges because I'm trying to get to the NFL. And that's a very important thing for him. Do you think he's, I don't want to say locked in because we know he's not fully locked in, but how comfortable do you feel about him sticking with Florida state through this, or maybe getting his head turned to one of the other three schools that he's planning on visiting this spring?
1: I think a lot of that has to do with Mike Norvell. He went out of his way to tell me that Norvell is somebody he really respects because of how he came up through the ranks, earned his respect at Memphis, obviously even takes the next step at Florida State, and he thought it was a big deal that Alabama was courting Norvell. Now, I have no idea if Norvell got an offer for that job. I have no idea how that worked. But it is pretty cool, like after Nick Saban, one of the guys they were looking at. I wouldn't think it's cool if I was Norvell. That's just me. And he, he said he really relates to him, and when they talk, they talk about film, they talk about life, et cetera he's involved with him. So anybody that beats Florida State has to match that at the head coaching position, in my opinion. Again, a lot of this, he just offered to me. And I found that very interesting because most kids, you know, they know the head coach, but they don't have time to recruit as much as some other guys. Norvell has done a pretty good job with it. If Napier or maybe, I know Cristobal, that's one thing Cristobal will not be shy away from. Brian Kelly, I'm not buying on that. Um, but it's not his strong suit. But at the same time, Again, this this could be an in-state battle. Napier does get after it on the recruiting trail. He's a talker. We'll see. That, that will be the key
0: for them. Yeah, um, I like that you mentioned the Alabama thing because that was going to be my next and final question about Solomon Thomas is just talking about Florida State kids in general. Mike Norvell at least got the talks with Alabama. Um, I don't know how far they went either, but I do know that Jimmy Sexton is his agent and got him a nice little uh, – a nice little pay pump after that one. So good job, Jimmy. Jimmy Sexton made oh. of that one. So like everybody. Yes, did. Jimmy Sexton, guys. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian, Mike Norvell, and then Kalen DeBoer at the end of it. So congratulations, Jimmy Sexton. You're basically Jeff Bezos of uh, college sports agency, I guess, here. But we've heard, at least from Florida side of things, Coaching stability has been a thing. It's one of the reasons that Jameer Grimsley initially went to Alabama. Florida has that ever lurking hot seat conversation around Billy Napier. But when you're talking about Florida State, Mike Norvell, again, at least had some kind of talk to Alabama that he was able to turn that into an extension at Florida State. How do you kind of navigate that as far as, well, how do I know he won't leave at that point for an SEC program or a blue blood?
1: Well, I, I don't another think,
0: blue blood. sorry, another blue blood.
1: It's, it's hard to say. Cause is there any stability with coaching now? Because they're the guys that get fired. They're the guys that go to the NFL because they just, you know, they don't want to turn down the money. They feel bad for their family if they don't take it. And then there are the guys that just move on because they wanted to be a head coach at some smaller school. Like there's no such thing as non-turmoil. Very few kids go to a school with the same coach for four years, even three. It's just hard. Um, If I got offered $500,000 more to go do the same job somewhere else, I promise you, I would do it. I I promise you. So I don't know if you can with any of the coaching stability. I would just say if I was Norvell, if I was Napier, whatever, my plan is to be here. And here's why. Here's my plan. The kids are either going to believe it or they're not. And the coach doesn't even know, honestly, in my opinion, because like if Norvell gets offered the Saints job next year, that would be attractive. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's just certain things you have to, you have to consider. I, I don't know if you can keep kids. And I know from talking to private conversations with some of these kids, that's one of the concerns they have about God, not to like Napier, but like across the board. But I tell them, I'm like, look, I understand why some will leave. Like if you're going to make this much money, would you leave? And they're like, well, yeah. And I'm like, there you go. So, and of course there's no patience. Boosters fire guys all the time, basically. Cause they said they're not going to donate. So the AD makes a move. It's really hard.
0: It's really, really hard. Yeah. Uh, don't blame Jeff Hafley for going to be the Packers defensive coordinator.
1: Oh, it's a great gig. He never has to deal with recruiting. He does not talk to media, and he makes a lot of money. It's a great gig. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. It's fantastic for him, by the way. Jeff Hafley, known listener of Locked On Boston College, probably now listens to Locked On Packers. Just the saying cool. that one. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. It's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams. You have these quick bets like first baskets, first to 10 points. Will this team score uh, two threes made in the first two minutes? There's everything. How many threes will this team make? Rebounds, players, It's a beautiful thing. I'm telling you, same game parlays are the shit, isn't it? Visit FanDuel.com slash on and shoot your shot. Remember the FanDuel is an official sportsbook partner of the NBA. The next player to talk about is currently committed to the Florida Gators, but also one of those situations where we go, okay, might be turning his head a little bit, or not even turning his head, just... Just he's open to possibilities like Jalen Wiggins said, who it was a big deal for Florida when Jalen Wiggins signed. He was a Tallahassee kid signing to Florida in early, mid-January. So it was a big move there. He spoke recently and said that, you know, I'm still kind of open to other options. I'm still looking at Stanford, Georgia, still kind of FSU as well as Miami and LSU. How concerned do you think Florida should be just that he's, Probably just like, hey, keep my options open.
1: I spoke with him on Sunday as well. Um, I joked with him. I said, let me guess, Florida State's coming at you really hard. And he just smiled and laughed and said yes. And I said, well, you do live five minutes from campus. So Rickards High School is like right down the road from FSU. So that's possibility. LSU is intriguing. They need defensive linemen in this class. It's a straight shot down I-10 to get over there to Baton Rouge. Miami's after him. I don't know if they're really in the mix. Wildcard's kind of Stanford. They're in on a lot of different kids. You can't really predict what they're going to do. And that's not a very good team. I, I don't think Jalen will leave to go to the West Coast, but they are part of the ACC now. So whatever that means, don't get me started on that. That's horrendous. <laughs> but um, Jalen's a pretty open minded kid, pretty quiet. Just kind of goes about his business. He really likes Florida. That's the number one thing I can tell you. He, really liked, like he committed before last season, I think, or right in the beginning. Like It's not like they've been great, and he still picked Florida, and he lives in Tallahassee. I mean, that doesn't happen. Very, I'm not saying he's going to be the same player, but Kevin Carter was from Tallahassee and went to Florida. Ended up being one of the greatest D-linemen I ever saw in the NFL. So maybe that'll be Jalen's path as well. Gators are the team to beat. I think Florida State, just because of where they're located, is the most likely, you know. There could be any number of SEC schools at some point—Auburn or Alabama or Tennessee or anything—get involved too. But I would say Florida State's a team to watch.
0: We don't talk about Auburn on this podcast, okay? We don't. Yeah. We don't, we don't like them anymore. They're they're mean. Well,
1: they they like Florida
0: okay. and our okay. best theirs, okay? So. How does that feel, Auburn? <laughs> Congratulations on your recruiting class. No one cares about that. Um, for, Florida. For, for, for Florida, they they added Gerald Chapman uh, in December from Tulane. It was a big addition, and Jalen like, Wiggins said like that that was a big part of his commitment for Florida and and why. He like, like kind of what pushed him over was the energy that Gerald Chapman had and that just positivity and and just the personal relationship that they were, uh, that they were able to develop quickly. And I have to ask is Billy Napier's done something with this coaching staff where he's built a very young coaching staff in Gainesville. Like you look at Gerald Chapman is a very young Austin Armstrong is one of the youngest defensive coordinators at the power five level. if not the youngest at this point how important is that for recruiting to have these young relatable coaches? And also because one thing Billy Napier's done is he's, he's gone to the widespread of where his coaches are from. So does the youth make it more relatable as well as, Hey, like Will Harris is from California. Ron Roberts is from California. So is it just like, Hey, that kind of gets us into all of these pots to dip into. And then having young relatable coaches helps us along there.
1: The initial contact with the guys that don't relate well with today's player can be rough the ones that still are successful find ways for other guys and their staff to do a lot of the heavy lifting and then once they get them like they talk about scheme and things like that either you relate or you don't and you're not going to fool kids either I get a lot of those stories about like man I don't know what this guy it's hilarious I wish I could post some of them I mean some of them are just horrendous and people that are like on the screen at ESPN a lot like head coaches and stuff but you got to have certain guys that can relate so if you if you're not that guy, you got to admit it. Go get somebody else. But you also need your head coach probably to be a little better recruiter too. You need a lot of pieces to kind of work. Um, Armstrong, what is he? Thirty one something like that. I forget what he. It's somewhere
0: right in there. He's thirty.
1: Yeah. So if he can't relate, then it's just not going to work out for him in general because he's only get older. And he's a guy that likes scheme a lot. We've talked about that. I think he can get in the door with kids. Wiggins is probably one of them. He's a he's a cerebral guy, easy going, but he's he's a smart kid. He probably likes that kind of stuff. So Florida's got a pretty good chance what they might think. But again, those kind of players, being from Tallahassee, etc., that's that's going to be recruitment
0: through signing day. Yeah, and one more thing for Jalen Wiggins is he committed right after a visit, literally the that same day he got home. He ended up calling Billy Napier and then telling him he was going to commit. And then he committed that night. And that's something that one Florida had has had struggles doing under Billy Napier to this point. is just getting guys on campus and then that weekend to make the decision. But I'm curious about if you have an opinion either way of this long term. Do you think that those guys are the ones who are more likely to stay or less likely than the ones who are like, hey, I'm committing February 15th at 3 p.m.? that's when I'm making my decision. I'm taking my time to announce that, or I'm taking my time to decide that and then announce, or or as opposed to guys who like, Hey, yeah, they just recently made me feel awesome. And so I committed to this school.
1: I don't think it's necessarily either one. It's, it's the kid that wants to figure it out on his own and do the process, kind of like Solomon Thomas. It doesn't matter. Those kids will make the better decision long-term. Now he's committed and still taking visits, but I think he's surprised by how heavily he's being recruited to a certain degree, too. Everybody came after me harder, I think, after he committed to Florida State. But I think most of the kids that make those decisions early and bang like that, they really like that school going into the process. I know Wiggins, for instance, really liked Florida anyway, so I wasn't shocked. When I interviewed him last summer at Under Armour Future 50 in Bradenson at IMG Academy, he was pretty gung-ho about Florida then, so he had it on his mind. and Then the visit solidified it. So I think the groundwork has to be there to get those. And sometimes kids know where they're going and they just do that announcement just to get more followers on Twitter
0: and stuff. So I don't don't think there's a lot to do with it, honestly. Well, you can monetize your Twitter. So why, why wouldn't you do that at that point? Today's episode of Locked on Gadgets is brought to you by Game Time. And let me tell you about the killer last minute deals, all in prices. Views from your seat. I was at Florida versus Arkansas. Um, unfortunately, I was second row in the end zone that Arkansas won the game. And I was sitting in the end zone, second row, where Trace Mack missed the 47-yard field goal, 44-yard field goal to end the game and/or to end regulation and then go into overtime. It was heartbreaking. I got a really good seat for that. And I did get it with a really good deal from game time. So I do want to say that was beautiful. You could see the view from your seat before you buy, which second row in the end zone, you don't really need to do that. But when I went to city field to watch the Mets play last year, cause I wanted to see Kota Senga, I went and I was very happy about the views from the seats because one of the seats that I looked at had a giant post right in the middle, not the foul pole, like a column for the stadium. So yeah, thankfully I got to avoid that horrible or what would have been that horrible experience. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Terms do apply. Just download the game time app and use code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Uh, the last player that we're talking about is Bryce Fitzgerald. The only player that we're talking about today that's not currently committed somewhere, but Bryce Fitzgerald uh, took visits to Florida expecting that he's going to be back. What's your opinion of him safety from Columbus?
1: Well, the first thing is, is he a safety? Because I talked to Bryce about that a few weeks ago. I said, which position you're going to play just open in. He goes, well, I don't know. I'm like, well, that's kind of important, uh, safety or receiver. He's just fine. Very natural free safety. He can come down in the box. He can hit and all that, but he plays the ball well, and he's put together. Like he looks like an sec safety. Miami wants him badly. That's probably the most likely landing spot, but Florida's really after him for state. All these other schools are recruiting him. I wouldn't be surprised at where he goes. He's open-ended, but he still hasn't figured out a spot yet. That that's important. I don't know if anybody's recruiting him on offense, but he can play it. I've seen him go out and make plays on offense too. Florida would be dumb not to recruit him. That's the first thing. If, if you're curious about who this kid is, he's one of the best players at Columbus They win state championship just about every year in Florida in their division, and he's a mainstay. That's a dude.
0: And do you think that, assuming he's going to play safety, is is what we'll talk about more just based on, you know, he's 6'1". That makes him about three inches too tall to play receiver for Billy Napier. Um, But assuming he's going to play safety, do you think that he's better suited to play in the box or as a deep safety role?
1: Ooh which one would I pick? I think I, I would go deep safety and have him navigate the defense, which I, I guess it depends on it. Sometimes it's one or the other, but he makes really good decisions when to break on the ball, how to break on the ball, not interfering and making contact right when the ball gets all those little things. He's a smart guy. I want him back there helping direct. Now he's physical enough to do the other that being stated there aren't enough guys that can help direct the defense. So I'm going to take the rare skill
0: and, and apply it to that. And then I, I do have to ask about this because uh, Bryce Fitzgerald did give Florida the, the dreaded dream school curse of, uh, no
1: chance. now no chance. Yeah.
0: Yep. Thanks for that. <laughs> but Florida's in Fitzgerald's top three, they've always been his dream school and he did get reoffered by Will Harris How should Florida feel at this point where we, we kind of, or at least I feel like this is going to go maybe not down to the wire, but not going to be a very early commitment here.
1: I think they're in the mix, like top two or three, Florida and Miami are
0: probably the top.
1: Uh, One of my buddies that covers Miami really likes their chances, but he's obviously a little biased. Florida's been all over him. They're, you know, everybody that's a Florida reporter wants to interview Bryce. That's probably a sign. And he's, you know, he's been to both schools. I don't know who the number three school would be, to be honest. I don't know if it's Florida State or if it's Georgia or whatever. He's He's got offers from everybody. But I don't think, like you, I don't think he's anywhere near deciding. I do know Florida will be in the mix of pretty much throughout.
0: And I do have to ask also, because Miami did just recently lose uh, Jamila how does How do you think that kind of impacts Florida standing, Miami standing, and the rest of Rice's recruitment, because at least it's also, it's not like with Florida and Corey Raymond, where they got rid of him right before signing day. Like you've had plenty of time here. So does that really stunt the recruitment or the relationship at all? Since you don't have the guy who is supposed to be developing you?
1: Well, I think it's interesting that I've, at least I've been told there's a couple guys, Miami's after they have South Florida ties. One was even on Miami staff at one point. They need somebody at that spot in particular, that knows South Florida because there's so many DBs. You've got to have a South Florida connection if you're a DB coach at UM. You just do. And to a certain degree, UF as well. I think that it's right now kind of the fly in the ointment for them. You know, you're not going to commit there if you don't know who the DB coach is and you're a safety or a corner. I mean, that makes no sense. So until they get that guy hired and it needs to happen before spring ball, and I'm sure Ball knows that, doing everything he can, they got to get him on campus and see if he likes the guy. They're kind of starting over. But I do know he likes Miami a lot, and how hard they put in the effort to recruit him. And by the way, that's Mario Cristobal's high school alma mater too that he went to. He takes it very personally to recruit kids from that school, and it's about twenty minutes from UM. Kind of important for him.
0: know. Oh, great! <laughs> Thanks so much, Brian, for taking the time. This is Brian Smith, Locked On Recruiting Insider, and the host of Locked On Seminoles. Catch him every week on Locked On Gators and every day with Locked On Seminoles here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you much. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free. to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with our mailbag from the Lockdown Gators subtext insiders for Lockdown Gators. on Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Giants country and NFL 33. And I'll see you all tomorrow.